Today, you are going to be hearing a sermon from one of our ministers here on staff. We hope this word blesses you, and remember that we love and appreciate your time here. Now, let's hear what the Lord has for you today. You guys can be seated, amen. My name is Billy Alvidres. Alvidres. You know, that's, I do it the American way of saying it. I don't speak, I'm not a really, 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 really big Spanish speaker, amen. I do speak, though. But uh, first off, I'd like to thank God for what a great opportunity, guys, to be able to preach God's word to God's people, amen. It is, it is, a, it is an honor and it's a privilege. I also like to thank God for the honor of being uh, uh, Pastor Ruben Reina allowing me to stand behind his pulpit. He was friends with my pastor many, many, many years ago. And my pastor, Mike Neville, who passed away in 1996, spoke very highly of Pastor Ruben Reina. Amen. Praise the Lord. So with that said, amen, we, let's, let's get ready. Many years ago, I read a book called Pure Desire, written by a guy named Ted Roberts. And in this book, he tells a story that ever since he was little, he always wanted to be a marine fighter pilot. That that was his his goal in life. So he joined the Marines, did did his years in Vietnam, went uh, uh, went to college, went to OTS, which is officer training school, became a pilot. But now he was about to become a marine fighter pilot. So he's standing in line and he's waiting and he sees his instructor coming out and the instructor's coming out. He's a little bit overweight, hair's a little bit long, his gig line's crooked, his blouse aren't all the way, his pants aren't all the way bo- bo- uh, bloused, right? And immediately Ted Roberts started, said, I got this. Became overconfident. They jumped in their pi- they jumped in their jets and they lined up. He says, all right, Captain Roberts, go for it. So Ted Roberts does all these maneuvers, up, down, backwards, sideways, and he lands right behind his instructor. And right before he presses the button, the instructor goes like this, almost like when the, the, the Maverick movies are, just scoom. He goes right behind him. And, for, and the book says for the next 45 minutes, he could not escape this, his instructor. He just tried everything. And the guy was on his, on his tail the whole time. So they relined up, and he gave him another chance. He did exactly the same thing. And for the next 30 minutes, he could not escape from him. So they landed, and the book says that Captain Ted Roberts, he was at attention. His flight suit was drenched with sweat. On his face was the indenture from the oxygen mask. His hair was all mussed up. He was just shaking from the fight and from the flight. He just, (gasps) the instructor got got off of his jet a walk in the park, hair still sort of messed up, still overweight, his boots still, his gig line still crooked, everything. He went up to Ted Roberts, you're a good pilot. You know how to fly, and he hit him in the chest, but you don't know how to fight. Tonight, amen, I want to touch on, on the sermon entitled, Weapons in Our Fight. Amen, let's pray. Father, in Jesus' name, 
I praise you and I thank you, God, for this great opportunity, God, to be able to preach your word to your people, God. And I thank you, God, because without you, God, I'm nothing. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You and I, guys, have a, we have a lot of weapons available to us in our, in our fight, whether it be a spiritual warfare fight, whether it be life situations, whether it be husband and wife, kids, bills, job, car. I mean, guys, we are definitely, especially nowadays, we are definitely in a fight. Would you agree? Yes. You know, I mean, it's, it's, it's a struggle. There's times, man, should we buy gas or should we buy food? <laughs> you know, it's just, huh? <laughs> You know, it's a cheeseburger or five gallons of gas, you know? <laughs> I mean, for me, I'll take a cheeseburger. i just walk to work, but, you know. <laughs> but us as Christians, we, we go to Ephesians 6, 13 through 16, right? We, we go to Ephesians 6, 6 through 13, and then that's where it talks about the weapons of our warfare, you know? And it, and it says, you know, take up the whole armor of God that you can stand against the evil day and it goes on to talk about the, having the truth, the breastplate of righteousness, and your feet shod. All these different things that we, that we put on. And in the end, it says praying always. Now, we know that prayer is a weapon. Amen? Prayer is a weapon. As we, we come against Satan with, with the weapon. But I want to touch on two more weapons that are afforded to us, that, that we have, that we can use in our fight. Now, you and I, guys, we have like a war chest in which we open up the war chest and say, okay, I'm going to pull out the AK, I'm going to pull out this, I'm going to pull out that, right? Well, these are weapons that we're going to pull out, that we're going to use in our, in our fight. They're necessary, amen? Joshua 1.5. Let me uh, turn there real quick. Joshua 1.5. Moses had just died, and Joshua was about to take over the children of Israel, so no, and, and the, the Bible says in Joshua 1, 5 says, No man shall be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so I will be with you. I will not leave you or forsake you. So here Joshua is now the leader of Israel, of God's people. So he takes the reins of responsibility and he starts leading God's people and this is how they answered. If you read Joshua 1, 16 through uh, 16 and 17, it says this. So they answered Joshua, saying, All that you command us, we will do. And wherever you send us, we will go. Just as we heeded Moses or listened to Moses in all things, so we will listen to you. Only the Lord your God will be with you as he was with, was with Moses. In Joshua 2, 1, he sends them out to go scout, scout the land. It says, not just Jericho, but all the land. All the land. But something happened between Jericho, I mean, Joshua 2 and Joshua 6, because the walls didn't fall down to Joshua 6. The Lord was building their faith during those times, before the walls fell down. The Lord was building their faith. Vines, <laughs> thank you, Danny. Vines, expository dictionary says, having faith is obedience. Obedience is faith, trust, and confidence. A inward persuasion. Obedience. Romans 8, let me find that real quick. Romans 8, 38 and 39 says this.
I'm going I'm to read this one right here. It says, once I find it, okay. It says, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus. He says, I am persuaded. Persuasion, an inward, like I just touched on, an inward, an inward persuasion, a confidence, a faith, a trust. We need to have belief in our heart and understand that obedience is a weapon. I mean, if my son came home one day and threw a rock through the window, I'm not going to say, okay, let's go buy you a toy. No. <laughs> this, that's a disobedient child, right? And we want God's blessing on our life. God doesn't, God's not going to bless a disobedient person. The, the children of Israel believed God and followed Joshua. And because of that obedience, the walls came down. As we look, guys, at the walls in our life, because we have walls in our life, and we expect them to fall, but not because we're disobedient, but because we're following the work and the will of God. We want God to, to, to work in our life. God, here I am. God, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with this thing. God, I need more money on my job. God, my son has left. He hasn't come home yet. Lord, what's going on? We have walls. Amen. My children are sick, but we got to use the weapon of obedience, and that weapon is in your war chest. There was a fight many, many years ago between uh, two boxers. One was Carlos, Carlos Palomino, one was Roberto Duran. I saw the fight. It was an old fight. <laughs> I, I saw it. And Roberto Duran won. It went 10 rounds. It was a good fight. But I read the interview with Carlos, uh, Carlos Palomino afterwards. And Carlos Palomino said that all he got from Roberto Duran were arms and elbows. So every time, every time Carlos, Carlos Palomino would shoot a jab, Brother Bam would just stick his arm out. Stick his arm out. He lets that's, all he, that's all he got. He didn't get a counter punch. He didn't get an overhand right. He just stuck his arm out. And then when Carlos Palomino finally threw an uppercut, he gave him an elbow. That hurts. <laughs> threw an uppercut. And he's like, oh, it's, it's killer. Roberto Duran pulled out all the weapons in his war chest, all of the weapons that were afforded to him. Carlos, Carlos, Carlos Palomino said that he, Roberto Duran was the only person he ever knew that would go down low to hit high. That's strategy. It's not hard to be obedient child. It's not hard for us as Christians to obey what God says. It's, it's not hard. All we have to do is open the Bible and start reading. The children of Israel were obedient and humble. What is humble? One dictionary says humbleness is having strength and control. Strength and control. Holding down, keep holding back, keeping it down. Humbleness. That's what one dictionary says. Binds says, says to make oneself low. Binds says that mountains and hills made low. Now, if you go to, to San Gabriel over here and see the mountains, these are very large mountains. They're majestic. They're strong. They're powerful. Can you imagine the mountains be made low? How humbling it would be for that mountain, that majestic mountain, to be made low. You and I, guys, have the greatest example of all when it comes to humbleness in Christ Jesus. Philippians 2.8 says, he humbled himself even to death 
on the cross. He humbled himself. This was God in man form coming down, loving us, and willing to die on the cross. When he, I mean, he could have been up there. I mean, that was, I know that was painful. <laughs> Yet, because he loved us, that's what kept him to the cross. Everybody says, oh, the nail. he got nailed to the cross. No, it was his love for us that kept him up there. It was, it was his love for us. He loved us that much. So as he humbled himself to the cross, you and I, there's times, guys, that we may have pride, disobedience, thinking more of ourselves. All these guys cannot stand before the cross. Spurgeon says, if you do not lie prostate, let me give you an example. If you do not lie prostate, that's prostate, okay? <laughs> that's, what that, that's what that means. If you do not lie prostate before the cross, Spurgeon says, then you don't believe in it, and you've never seen it. Now, I know I'm not sure about you. This month, July 12th, well, next month, July 12th, will make 41 years that I became a Christian. I, I got saved. I, I got saved. <laughs> I was 23. I'm going to be 65. It doesn't, it doesn't show how good I am. It shows the power of God to keep someone. He can keep us if we do what we're supposed to do. I actually met my wife in church, you know? Yeah. Sun Sunday, we turned 40 years married. Well, we're going to turn 40 years married. That also shows you the power of God also, right? <laughs> that she can put up with. Well, anyway. <laughs> anyway, guys, but I've, I've seen the cross. I've seen God's ability to keep me obedient. As I, there may be times when maybe so you start wandering off. God has the ability to keep you. He'll remind you, what did I do for you? The Bible, the Bible teaches us that, that the preaching of the cross is foolishness to those in the world, but to us, it is the power. It is the power of God. Guys, that's what saved us. That's what delivered us. That's what changed us. That's what rearranged us. That's what blessed us. That's what's given us our, our, our weekly check. It's what God did and how he loves us. Amen? Spurgeon goes on to say, if you are not humbled, in the presence of Jesus, then you don't know him. Then, then you have no clue of who he is. The, warrior, the warriors of Israel were ready for battle. I mean, their swords were sharpened. Their arrows were dipped in oil, ready to, to light on fire. They had the shields up. Amen? The ninja Jews were in the background going, Right? They were all, I almost found. <laughs> they, were, they were ready to go. How humbling to be a warrior and not fight. Very humbling experience, amen? To be a driver and end up as a passenger. That's humbling experience when somebody else is driving you. Put yourself in the warrior's shoes, marching around the walls. And there they are. Had the same. I mean, they were rough and tough, big and buff, hard to smell, hard to snuff, like feel in the back. <clears throat> right? <sighs> they were watching around. They were being obedient to God. And like we said, I, I read earlier, 
Joshua was their leader. Joshua was their pastor. So they were being obedient to God. They were being obedient to their pastor. They were being obedient to the leaders of Israel. Staying humble, staying low, and keeping that strength that they have in control. There's times, guys, that we encounter the leaders in our church, and they, they tell us, hey, I need you to do this. And we go, what? They're our leaders. The pastor says, hey, uh, I need you to do this. What? He's our pastor. That's, <laughs> that's, like the, that's like Joshua saying, hey, watch around the wall. Well, I'm not going to march you nowhere. Can you imagine the calls from the wall? Now, this isn't biblical. Okay? It's not, this isn't the Bible. But can you, can you picture yourself walking around the wall? And the, 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 the men of Jericho, the Bible says at first they were afraid. Because you imagine seeing the, 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 war, the warriors walking around the wall? And they say, hey, I thought they were bad. I thought they came to kill us. Look at them now. They're walking around. Hey, warriors, come out to play. Hey. You know, they're just, they're, just, they're just walking around. Hey, Chato, come here. Isn't that Topo down there? Hey, Topo. Topo. Can you imagine? I mean, you know, if something like that were to happen, you know? I thought you were Topo loco. Me importa poco. Now you look, hey, Chato, now he's just a big moco. He's a moco now. Can you imagine that? How humbling. It was to walk around the wall having all this strength. And you're obeying your leaders. You're doing what Joshua said. Joshua said, walk around the walls. They were probably singing, majesty, worship his majesty. They were, they were worshiping God. They were obedient. They were humble. They were doing what God, the, God told them to do. They were doing what the leaders told them to go, do. Nothing swayed them. They were faithful. They were loyal. They were, commitment. they were committed. They were having a right perspective and having a never give up spirit. I'm going to do what God says. I'm going to do what God says. God told me to march. I'm going to march. I'm going to, God told me to put my sword down. I'm going to put my sword down and I'm going to do what he says. My leader said, come on, let's sing. I'm going to sing. I'm going to clap. I'm going to go for it. You know, he said, all right, guys, tomorrow morning we're going to meet at the wall and we're going to march at 8 o'clock. I'm going to be there by 8.30. No, 8 o'clock. Faithfulness, loyalty, commitment. Jesus was obedient to the Father, humbled to the cross. Esther, obedient to her uncle Mordecai. She was humbled to be queen. Paul, obedient to the call when he fell off the horse, humbled by the thorn in the flesh. There's times, guys, that we encounter things and, and, and God has to bring us down low. Amen? God has to do this to us. Three times, Paul asked to have the thorn removed. And the answer was, my grace is sufficient for thee. Unmerited favor. What is grace? Unmerited favor. Ephesians 2.8 says, well, for by grace you are saved, but I'm going to read it exactly the way it says in the Bible. It says, for by grace you have been saved through faith, and that, and that not of yourselves. It is a gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. Grace, by grace we are saved. 
given to us that what we don't deserve. We don't deserve grace. God gave it to us. Mercy is him stopping what we do deserve. <laughs> Unmerited favor. James 4, 6. Let me find it here real quick. says this, but he gives more grace, therefore he says, God resists the proud, but gives grace to the humble. We talked about humbleness. God gives grace to the humble. I'm going to, I'm going to read something out of this book real quickly. It's on obedience. The Christian man must aim at at that complete obedience to God in which life finds its greatest happiness, its greatest good, its perfect consummation, which means consuming its peace. Obedience. That's what this man says, a guy named William Barclay. Another man says, the best measure of spiritual life is not ecstasies, but obedience. That's what this, that's what this man, that was uh, Oswald Chambers. Then our humbleness, someone says, should you ask me what is the first thing in my belief system? I should reply that the first, the second, and the third thing is humility, humbleness. T.S. Eliot, if you guys have ever read T.S. Eliot, says, the only wisdom we can hope to acquire is the wisdom of humility. Humility is endless. All these great speakers talk about having humility. That, that, that grace in James 4, 6, it's James 4, 6, vines, says grace to the humble. That one grace says, he interprets it as great grace. We were just talking about grace in, in Bible study uh, last night. Great grace, great unmerited favor. We want that from God. But all these different things, guys, are not going to come to pass if we're disobedient, if we're not humble, if we don't do what we're supposed to do. Guys, we've been called to do something great for God. We're called whether we're allowing our light to shine or whether we're just saying, hey, dude, Jesus loves you, or just giving a track, whatever it might be, God has called us to do that. But if we think more of ourselves, well, man, you should see me in the world. Man, I was this. I was that. Were you? <laughs> it's very easy. You know, well, I heard, I heard somebody say uh, uh, this. Uh, uh, he was saying a, a testimony. And the guy next to me, he was a pastor. He was telling me, what, is that a, a testimony? Was it a bragamony? Or is it just full of baloney? You know, I just, <laughs> you ever notice how sometimes, I'll tell you right now, guys, I got, I got saved, I was 23, I was hooked on drugs, but I wasn't a, a hardcore, vato uh, loco uh, from the neighborhood. I grew up in Florence Firestone community, you know, and I, and I know I have a mustache, but my teeth are crooked, that's why. <laughs> you know, and, and I, I, I was hooked on drugs, but I wasn't, I, I you know, prison time and county jail and all this stuff. I was actually a straight-A student in high school. 
You know, I, was, I really was, I really was. You asked my wife, my wife, one time Bonnie found one of my report cards. She goes, man, you were smart. I said, that's the key word, were. <laughs> was. <laughs> you know, I did four years in the Air Force. Amen. So I just, I, I'm a veteran. I, I can't say, yeah, I was a vet that I don't know. No, I was a veteran, you know. But, you know, I'm not going to think more of myself. I know that I'm nothing without Jesus. How much I need Christ in my life, I cling to and I hang to. And, and you know, there's a, there's a word in the Bible that says believe on. And what that means is grasping, holding, almost like, you guys know where the eagle has the claws? They're called talons. The talon grabs onto that prey, you know, probably like a goat or something, lifts it up. Well, that's what that word believes on, hanging on to Jesus. I, I am, I'm hanging on to Jesus. Somebody told me one time, Man, you know what? You use Jesus like a crutch. I said, well, if Jesus is a crutch, give me two. You know, I'll, t- I'll take two crutches because I need Christ. I need Jesus more than anything else, especially today, in this day and age, right now, all the things, guys, that are going on in our, in our society, one by one, little by little, our, uh, our liberties are, are uh, uh, going away. So right now, we have to talk to people about Jesus. And there's a scripture in the Bible. I didn't put it down. I don't want to use, I don't want to use Danny's line, free 99, but this is a free 99. <laughs> there's a scripture in the Bible where it talks about the, that the harvest is ripe. When I was stationed in Nebraska, well, Wyoming, Nebraska, and I would see the, the, the wheat fields turn white, they would come in, and they would get the columbines, and, and they would harvest that thing like that. A week, two weeks at the most, and literally hundreds and hundreds of acres will be disappeared. Now, if you know anything about wheat, when it turns ripe, it's ripe. If you give it a week, two weeks, three weeks, it becomes rotten. Jesus says that the harvest fields are ripe. We don't want to waste time. We don't want to waste time. Now is the time. Now, now, now is the time that we need to step up. The walls will fall. We got to stay humble and obedient. Amen. Hallelujah. That's all I got. Hallelujah. But if you're here today and you've never given your life to Jesus, you've never given your life to Christ, or at one time you walk with the Lord and you say, you know what? Life situations has got me sideways right now. I'm, I'm coming to church, but I just don't feel all the way right with God. I'm here to let you know that God loves, God, God loves you. He still loves you. He still wants you. There's still things in, in, in that, that God needs to do in your life. And he wants to come into your heart, and he wants to rearrange and change and move and, you know, do all these different things to, to your house, your heart. So if you're here today, you're not saved, you're not born again. I'd like for you to I'd like for you to, to raise your hand and say, you know what, brother? I want to give my heart to Jesus. Anybody like that in here? Want to give my heart to Jesus? Anybody? If not, I'm going to go, change, go ahead and change the order of the service. Amen? Hallelujah. If you're here today and you say, you know what? I, don't, I struggle with obedience, or maybe you don't struggle with obedience. Or maybe you say, you know what? I need to be a little bit more callado. I need to be a little bit more humble, a little more shut up. I know myself personally, uh, there's times I have a big mouth on my job and I say, ah, when I first started, I've gone eight years on my job now and when I first started, 
my, my wife Bonnie would text me, Billy, shut up. <laughs> Billy, shut up. Don't say nothing. Billy, don't, don't say nothing. You know? And, and yeah, I've learned. So September, I get to retire, and I'm going to stop working, and I'm going to be done. You know? But if you're here today, guys, and you say, you know what? I want to be more obedient to the leadership, to the pastor, to God. I want to read my word more. I want to seek the face of God more. I want to think less of myself. I want to remain more humble. I need to remain more humble. If that's you, I'd like to come up and seal this sermon with God, and I'd like to, I'd like to pray with you. Amen? Hallelujah. God, I lift them unto you, God, and I ask.